Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Soul Survivor Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Bird, along with my co-host, Ryan Winthrop. It's just us tonight, as we have uh, Jordan out tonight, and then we do not have a guest tonight, but we do have a guest on Sunday. This upcoming Sunday, we'll be recording a special edition podcast. It's not going to be a recap. It's just going to be a general podcast, and we will be having another guest. Um, We will be having Dom... Uh, a.k.a. Wendell's partner in crime from Survivor Ghost Island. So very excited to see that there. Uh, ha- what are you, what are your thoughts on another action-packed episode tonight, Ryan? Oh, boy. I am. Um, I'm a little sad at the result. I'm not going to lie. wasn't happy to see that guy go. But I, I'll tell you what will cheer me up, though. If you and I sneak onto another podcast, I'll put some dirt in your face. And what we can do is we can sneak in there. We'll steal their podcast viewers and come back to us. And no one will know that anything happened. That was just an incredible scene, and like I was my. It's funny because one of my one of my friends has been rewatching. I'm not gonna say rewatching because he's never seen it before. That's the reason. But he's he's watching Tony's uh, Tony season, Kagayan and Sarah's first season right now. So I or he was watching it. So I had just recently seen the first edition of Cops Are Us, and just to see legitimately Cops Are Us, like that was that was just like a term. This was legitimately Cops Are Us. Absolutely crazy. It, like, I mean, look, I'm still reeling over Ethan going, but if you're telling me I get to see Cops RS 2.0, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah, and we'll obviously get into details with that later, but let's jump right in. We'll go, as we normally do, we'll go over um, the entire episode um, part by part in order. Um, so the episode tonight opened up with Adam, and Adam has taken a very interesting role this season so far where it seems like he just... He's, he's trying to keep it's almost like he's trying he feels like he is playing a down low game but he's not at all and he's just he's you he could tell he really really wants to be in control but he doesn't want it to appear that way but clearly it did appear that way tonight and the first thing that it, that he says is he wants poverty gone yeah i think you bring up a good point though i feel like adam like michelle and like some other winners probably got some heat after his win you know adam was a more under-the-radar player who made moves in the background and kind of came out at the end. And I think that he came into the season with something to prove. So I think Adam being four episodes in, he's like one of our main narrators this season. He's making the moves. He's looking to dictate what's happening on the try, which I can at least appreciate. But I think he's playing way too hard too fast. He claims that sharing information and facts will bring trust. You really can't reveal that trust and that information to the number one allies of the one you want to vote out. I think he's playing really too hard, too fast by going to Ethan and Rob with this information. Yes. So that was the next part of the episode. He does go to Ethan with the information. I'm immediately saying to myself, like, like Adam, you have the numbers, like nobody is going to get that, that hurt over you voting out somebody from another Alliance. Like this is not, this is, this is winners at war. Like people are going to be hurt. People know that their allies are going to get voted out eventually. Like, this is this is winners at war. You know, nobody's going to get that hurt over a blindside. And I think that he's just trying to do damage control before he does the damage. And it's almost like he's just overthinking himself. Like, you have the numbers. You have 5-3. What are you jumping the Ethan for right away? He was just—I wrote down, I wrote this down. He seemed very, very overconfident, which I was mm-hmm. almost, almost opposite of, I, I think, his first season where I didn't get that vibe at all. I almost maybe felt like the other way around, but he was definitely overconfident at the beginning of this episode and the entire episode, to be honest, goes right over to Ethan, tells him what they're doing. 
Yeah, again, like Ethan says, Parv is my number one. There's no way I would ever co-sign this. Um, the only way that they would he would co-sign it is if it's down between him and Parv for a fact and he's doing it to save himself. But even then, Ethan's a loyal guy. Adam knows Ethan's a loyal guy, so he knows he's not going to go along with this. He knows that Boston Rob has ride or dies with two or three people and everyone else, you know, is dead to him. But I don't know how Adam thinks this is going to work. This is just way too overconfident and... At this point in the episode, we're not even at the challenge yet, and Adam's already trying to make the moves. And I think you're right. I think he goes to Ben and Denise. He knows he has their votes. That's three votes on Parvati. He ropes in Michelle and Jeremy or even talks to um, – actually, at this point, then that's five. Yeah. He talks to them, and they seem to have the votes, and they're good to go. I think this whole – and we'll get to this eventually – the whole end of this episode with Ethan going out – happens because Adam talks too much. I think if Adam doesn't bring this plan to Ethan and Rob, I think Parvati goes. So I think Adam is playing a little too overconfident and too fast. Yeah, and obviously, you know, this was laying the groundwork. This beginning scene was laying the groundwork for what was to come in the episode. Um, but it, I think it's a very weird dynamic um, between both tribes right now because, and now obviously one tribe has gone to three tribals and the other tribe has gone to one. So that's why you're obviously seeing more gameplay on Sele than Dakar but I think it's very it's fun, very funny because I, I I don't want to say that I knew I knew uh Sele was going to go to tribal but you almost got that vibe when they pan over right from Adam doing all the strategy and then they pan over to the other tribe where you know Tyson Tyson did mention they had the very brief confessional where he said he wanted to pin the target on Sandra but then all of a sudden you have Tony grabbing the shark him singing Baby Shark to yeah. do, 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 do. And it was just all like happy-go-lucky there compared to the other, compared to Sele. Yeah, it's it's so tough. I mean, you really don't want to read into the edit. And I know sometimes as big fans of the show, we read into the edit and we try to outpredict what happens. But I also had a strong feeling that Sele was going back to Tribal Council. Again, not just because Dakal was getting that fun storylines but also just because i feel like we saw so much of decal before the immunity challenge we saw a little bit of selling and a lot of decal at that point i'm like we can't just have in an hour show we can't have 50 minutes of decal and only 10 minutes of selling so selling has to go to travel council but yeah I, i'm not i'm not even saying i was completely reading into the edit it's just like the car has been much better in immunities in general and i think they especially with rob's performance we'll talk about that later but with rob's performances they've been clearly the uh dakar's cl clearly been the superior tribe in immunity challenges so uh, i did think that cello was going to face that uphill battle anyway but going back to dakar um i'm kind of wondering if possibly tyson it, tyson's confessional was possibly planting seeds or foreshadowing what could be going on at a later time yeah i think on dakar tyson he has, I guess, the right idea that, listen, he knows he's at the bottom, and especially that we know Yule's trying to pull in Kim to at least be a number for himself. Tyson clearly is public enemy number one, so the only way to really circumvent that is to try to get another target on the board. And, I mean, Sandra is an easy target to go for, so I don't blame him for doing it, but he know he. I think it's a bad move to go to Yule with that because Yule's just going to run right back to Sandra, and Sandra, like she says... If you gun for me, I better not find out about it. So I, I respect the play from Tyson here. Yeah, no, I do also. And I, I will, we'll get in all of our Dakar talk right now while Dakar or Dakar, I always forget. It's Dakar. <laughs> I, I wanted to jump in, but it's the Dakar. Yeah. Dakar. Okay, Dakar. I, I want to get all my Dakar talk in 
right now just because this was pretty much this is all we're going to talk about them and we'll we'll talk about what what's going to happen going forward or what we think is going to happen going forward so i think that you know yes it could have foreshadowed um tyson doing the right thing for sure um but i i'm I'm actually finding it interesting that again we saw no nick this episode we saw absolutely not i don't even think kim appeared on the screen at any point um and then we had we had um who else did wendell also besides the challenge very very minimal from him as well so again i i think it'll be interesting to see going forward um and oh yeah we'll get into the call a little bit more once we talk about cops are us but uh, sh- you know, we don't really know anything about the call right now, so I think that I'm, I kind I kind of want them to go to tribal because I want to see stuff go down. I do want to see more alliances. I do want to see more of where the lines are drawn because that will really tell us where the game is heading for the call, especially if they head to a swap. Who's vulnerable? Who's on the top? But I think the biggest thing I'm getting from the call is that I'm just glad that Tony's back on my TV screen, and we'll talk more about in a little bit the. Cops for Us 2.0 scene, but just seeing Tony with the shark, just every ep- season, every episode, we have had a Tony moment where it's just, Tony's just having fun. In the first episode, he's like, look, I can't go for idols, I can't make big moves because I'm a big threat, so I gotta be on probation, I'm, I'm the cop on probation this season, so I gotta build ladders, I gotta, um, I gotta hunt sharks, I gotta um, stay at camp and, and build the shelter, so I'm loving a laid-back Tony and a fun Tony. I think this screams to me that Tony's going to go far in this game because he's being, he's well-liked, he's getting all the fun content, and no one seems to be bringing up Tony's name at this point. He's doing the unthinkable. Nobody thought this was possible for sure, but I'm very impressed by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to move on to the next portion of this episode was Edge of Extinction, which has been interesting so far. Clearly, there's going to be an advantage on Edge of Extinction almost every episode, at least, at least for now at the beginning. Um... But that was, I thought it was a very interesting um, kind of riddle that they had where they had to figure out the numbers. And I was so impressed by Amber figuring out, oh, I saw numbers at camp already. And, and I, yeah, I was very impressed by that. And then she ended up screwing up. But look, I thought it was a very, I, 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 I don't always love the constant advantages, but I did love the actual riddle for this. Yeah, I'm I'm starting to get a little nervous that we're heading back to uh, Advantage Getting 2.0 because now we have two half idols in the game with Denise now having the full Sally idol and then Kim and Sophie splitting the Decal idol. So we have two idols in the game. We have Sandra's idol. Jeremy has safety without power. And now Sarah has a um, vote steal. So I'm getting a little nervous that we're heading back to Advantage Getting. Luckily... Sandra's, I believe Sandra's idol has expired. It's been three tribals. I think her idol is now expired. But um, I'm just hoping that these advantages don't flood the season because I'm just enjoying seeing the winners relate to one another and just really playing old school, like, social game. I have a feeling that a lot of the advantages, like Sandra's, are going to have a timeline on it just because they can't keep pouring advantages in like this with something like that not as a part. So I think that that's something we'll definitely see more of. But back to the combination lock that they had to figure out. Natalie has been absolutely killing Edge of Extinction. And, you know, she obviously has a chip on her shoulder. The fact that she was the first one voted out, you know, she's been all over that island. She figures out this combination lock. And now that she willed or bequeathed the the, uh, advantage, (laughs) the, the advantage to Sarah, she's now got another fire token, which is her third. 
Why, why couldn't Jeff just say I, I to give to will to share? Why does it have to be bequeath? I don't want to have to say bequeath every episode, Jeff. Come on. Yeah, just just a bizarre word. I don't I don't really. I, but they're going with that. The, the producers must be really pushing this because the players in the confessionals keep keep saying bequeath, bequeath, bequeath. Oh, it's pretty funny. A hundred percent. I guarantee you, the players are probably reading the clue and they say in their own words, "You must will this to someone else." And the producers like, "No, it's bequeath. It's bequeath." <laughs> I, I guarantee it. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, really quickly before we, we move back to Dakal, I think that Edge of Extinction, look, I still don't love it. I still would rather see more of the tribes than Edge of Extinction. I'm happy Natalie is killing it. I think this bodes well for her getting back into the game because she has three tokens. Um, and hey, look, even if she doesn't win the challenge to come back and she gets out of the game because she didn't come back into the game, like at least Natalie is crushing it on Edge. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about it, but if she gets out and then has to, I believe she's going to have to will all those fire tokens to somebody else, but that... Oh. that, that well, then Jeremy's bank account just got a lot bigger. Yeah, we'll, we'll, t- we'll talk about that when we get to the, if we get to that point. But now we have Cops 2- RS 2.0, um, probably the best scene, definitely the best scene of the entire episode, maybe the entire season so far. Oh, my where, God. Where they, where they bring back from Islands of the Idols, where somebody has to go into the other tribe's camp in order to get an advantage. An absolutely brilliant idea, not only not only this season, last season, and the fact that you have all winners doing it, and a cop, le- a t- a, two cops let alone, unbelievable. Look, I got two things to say. Number one, ten times better than seeing Vince do it last season. This was so much better. And number two, how much do you want to bet that the producers were salivating over Tony helping Sarah with this? I guarantee you, somebody, put, somebody posted this on Twitter. I'm going to call out... Um, Justin Fetish on Twitter said this, but um, he, I guarantee you this is what happened. Sarah goes to the producers and she says, hey guys, I want to sneak into the camp. Um, can I recruit someone to help? And they're like, absolutely not. Do it yourself. You you can't just have someone help you out. She goes, what if Tony helps me? Oh yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Just take <laughs> Tony and do it. I, I guarantee 100% they're like, oh, we get more Tony footage? Please, by all means. Absolutely. I was I was shocked that I was shocked. I thought I thought at first I was like, "Wait, is she gonna bring Tony to the other camp?" I was I, like, I was, "I was so hoping. yeah." That, then I realized that that they were just they were just basically planning it together. But she did an unbelievable job, especially that people were. I mean, look, it could be edited to look this way, but it definitely seems like you know Ethan had Ethan had just gone to sleep. Ben was opening his eyes. It looked like maybe a few other people were were, were moving around, and Sarah. She obviously she had to almost crawl into the bushes based on where the torches were and somehow managed to figure it out to figure it all out get back on the boat and get the advantage without anybody noticing truly an unbelievable job it's tough i mean people always say you know is survivor real like how authentic is this and i, and I feel like look i mean you could point to anything and be like oh she found it with some help but it's like look every time that these survivors go on twitter they always say guys look it is pitch black out there. The, the people keep saying, unless you are around the fire itself, you can't see anything else. It's pitch black. So, I mean, look, Ethan probably could have spotted her, but unless she was by the fire, he probably couldn't make anything out anyway. So, also for the record, did they point out if there's any consequence for getting caught? Like, if Sarah gets caught, does she not get it? Like, yeah, I was wondering. I think that she does get it, but she gets the consequence that everybody knows she was there, which you don't know how that could how that could transpire whether they go to the challenge and like the one the Selle tribe yells out to the other tribe was like Sarah was at our camp last night like you you don't I I don't yeah you don't really know I think 
I, I had a feeling she wasn't going to get caught just because she she obviously has experience doing cop stuff. So I it was yeah. really the it was really the perfect person to get that advantage because like can you imagine Tony? I mean, and Tony's a cop also, but can you imagine like can you imagine somebody without that type of experience doing this? Like I I almost I almost didn't think Sarah was going to do it. I almost didn't think Sarah was going to take it at first because it's just so it's so risky just for a steal vote. And then like but then I'm like then she as she said it on the thing she's like. If it was another season, I probably wouldn't have done it. But it's winners at war. You have yeah. to take the opportunities you're given. You have to go big or go home here. Like there's no, again, assuming there's no big consequence, there's no reason not to go for it. But just seeing Cops or Us 2.0, seeing Tony and Sarah actually working together, seeing Tony say to Sarah, look, I'm going to put some dirt on your forehead. I'm going to spit in it so it sticks to your face. <laughs> oh, my God. I was dying the entire time. Yeah, I was just so impressed with that whole scene. She was great. Uh, Tony was great in uh in in as her uh, as her as her, her wingman there. Um, really, really great, really great scene. Um, now let's move on to the immunity challenge. My heart was beating out of my chest during that challenge. Um, the classic tree puzzle that we had, we've seen a million times. Um, and let's just talk first about yeah. Rob's performance in these these challenges. Like Ooh. he had he had that he had the one challenge where he literally put the team on his back literally put the team on his back and he was hoisting people over and we're like, Oh yeah, Rob is still the challenge beast. And then last episode where he completely blows the puzzle and this one where something that, and I'll, I'll say it again, me and my friend that were watching right when he threw the first, the first lasso to try and hook it on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were like, Oh, of course he gets it on his first try. And, it, and he had to actually sub out of that seemingly what would have been maybe the easiest part of the challenge. It's just, it, it it almost hurts me a little just to see Rob struggling in in these portions that in Redemption Islands he dominates. I have so many thoughts here. I I for one I think look Amber being voted out really just did a number on him. He was crushing it the first two ch- challenges. Even when Sally lost the first challenge, he still crushed it in the water. And then in the second challenge, like you said, he hoisted them on his back. So maybe seeing Amber getting voted out really did a number on him. Then you also have the thought of hey maybe Rob is just you know. Five seasons in, he's older, he's more tired, he's like Colby in Heroes vs. Villains, he's just like flopping at every challenge. Then you have another thought, like, is Rob throwing these challenges? Is Rob literally so confident he's like throwing this stuff? I mean, like, you don't really know what's happening. I could see, it's probably the fact that he's just, you know, tired and Amber's gone, but like, yeah, just seeing Rob flounder is just, is hard to watch, honestly. I, I also th- I also think that there's a po- the possibility of just, the competition is so great that like, him being nor him being normal, like is is not enough against against these people. I even though he wasn't good with the lasso, but I'm just I'm just saying in in that sense that in he is puzzle. going. Up. And speaking of the puzzles, I'm going to say this right now while Jordan's not here because I know he can't contradict me. I have to give a shout out to Sophie right now because Sophie has crushed every single puzzle this season, and she is taking out Rob, who is considered one of the best puzzle masters of the game. Sophie's crushing every single puzzle so far, and she's in a good spot. So I want to give Sophie a big props here while Jordan can't tell me that I'm wrong. So. Yeah, she, she's she been great in puzzles. Um, I thought that, you know, her and Sarah, they started off a little bit slow, and I was like, oh, here comes Rob's big moment where everyone's like, oh, he's back to normal. And to be honest, him and Michelle did a fantastic job with that puzzle. Like, yeah. They had to make up a ton of time, and then they had there was that moment where they uh, Sophie and – Sarah put in the final piece and it just it falls out and they're like yeah. oh I'm like up I'm like here's where I actually thought that Rob and Michelle were gonna go on a run where they they just like saw everything at once and just boom 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 and they were gonna get it thankfully 
they picked up the piece in time, held it together, and Wendell was really, really good at coaching them up and making sure that they knew which piece went where and which way to turn the pieces, and they just held on by a hair. I do think that's actually an underrated thing about um, what Wendell did, and I know that some people use this as their strategy in the game, where obviously you put yourself in the hero position when you're doing the puzzle, because if you win it, you win the challenge. If you lose it, you're potentially going to get voted out because you lost that part of the uh, challenge for your team. But if you're the one that's helping solve the puzzle from the back lines, you're basically helping out the heroes without being the heroes. I feel like that's an underrated spot to be in, to be coaching people on the puzzle. So if you win, you help your team win. And if you lose, it's like, well, I I wasn't doing the puzzle. It was them. So Right. Yeah, Wendell did a great job with that for sure. And -hmm. then I'm sure that we all had the same thought as soon as Sally went down and we're like, oh, here we go. Poverty's going home. Like, it's going to happen. A big name is going to fall. And a big name ended up falling, but poverty is in a different tier, I would say, than a lot of the other players on the season, of course. And right. And I just I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, they have the numbers. This should be so easy. They have five to three. It should be literally the easiest vote ever. You take off a big, a huge threat in this game. And I'm just thinking to myself, you know what? It's Survivor. This is never it's never easy. The easy vote is never easy. And that's exactly what happened when. Adam, again, with his overconfidence, decided that he was going to do damage control before the vote even happens and go right up to Rob and tell him about what was happening. Crazy, crazy move. Look, you're right. The easy move is never what happens. Usually when we see – and again, I don't. I hate reading into the edits. I've just seen way too many episodes, watched way it's, too many podcasts. So I'm like – Go ahead. It's not even about, it's not even about the, the edit at this point. It's just like – it's just like – the simple vote, there, there's too much paranoia for a simple vote like that to happen. Oh, no, you're right. And the fact is that I just – I watch so much of this stuff, and I'm I'm preconditioned to think about all this. I don't want to think about it all that intensely, yeah. but I just do. But you're right. I was like, it's a big name probably going home. It's never that easy, but it probably could be Parvati. Why wouldn't you take out Parvati in this spot? Um, but you're right. Going back to what we said earlier, Adam, it's one thing to go to Ethan, who's Parvati's number one ally, and say I'm voting Parvati out – Ethan's already going to run back to Rob with that for sure. But then just to pile it on and go to Rob with that. And Adam seemingly believes, yeah, Rob will do that because he doesn't have any other option. There's no way Rob's going to let Adam tell him what to do in this game. So that just baffled me how hard Adam was gunning for this. And Rob and Rob said it best. He's like, this guy's a super fan. He's seen every episode. He's seen every one of my episodes. He's like, I never do this. Why would I do it again? Why would I do it for the first time? And that's really... It was, it was just crazy to see. I'm sitting here. I'm like, what is he doing? You have the numbers. It should be an easy vote. And you could, you could be in control of this game. Like, you have the opportunity if you just keep your mouth shut and go with the vote. And he did not do that. And I thought that the scene – now, I know that they haven't been showing this. I'm just from pre, pre-existing relationships. Yeah. I'm still under the impression that there's still some kind of relationship going on between Rob and Jeremy that they're not 100%, showing. 100%. 100%. Because – because Rob walks over to Jeremy and Michelle and Michelle was like trying to give Rob some BS about what was about some fake thing that was happening. And then Jeremy just like looked him in the eye and was like, no, like we know that, you know, like they, they, they're like on the same page, it seems like. And I know that they're not working together exactly right now, but I wouldn't be surprised to see that change later in the game. Yeah, I think that the move against Natalie definitely was a definitely was a tactic to weaken Jeremy because it takes out his number one ally. But I think Rob still... Pulled, we didn't see it, but I'm sure Rob pulled him aside afterwards and said, look, I took out your number one. I'm sorry about that, but I still want to work with you and the old schoolers. I see you as one of us. You know, like you're, you're a parent. Like we're all parents. Like we have like-minded 
um, thought processes come with us. And I think that Jeremy and Rob could keep working together. I think we'll talk about this as we go through the vote, but Jeremy and Michelle did amazing here with playing the middle and trying to dictate where the vote's going to go. And I think that this move, we can analyze it from part by part for each person. But I feel like even though they take out Ethan, I still feel like Jeremy has capacity to go to Rob and be like, look, you took out Natalie. I took out Ethan. These new schoolers are getting too confident. Let's regroup and think about everything again. So I think that this move was just full, full on genius from Jeremy and Michelle. And when this when this went down, where they did have that small conversation that they showed, where they were like, maybe it's maybe taking out poverty would stir up too much. That is because that relationship that Rob and Jeremy have, in my opinion, he doesn't want to close down that relationship with Rob, mm -hmm. but he doesn't want Adam to get his way while trying to play all the sides. So what do they do? They weaken Rob. They don't, but they don't vote out his number one, and they don't vote out him, and they don't let Adam get his way. So Jeremy and Michelle really get everything they want. Yeah. And the new schoolers also get what they want partially by by having one of those three voted out, which weakens Rob and weakens poverty. So they're 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 like they're it's almost like everyone got their Jeremy and Michelle pretty much got their way in every single way possible tonight. Yeah, I think you're right. This is a good move in my book because you you weaken Rob by taking out his number one or technically his number two. You weaken Rob and Parvati, and then you also weaken Adam because Adam thought he had this vote on lock. And the vote breakdown, we don't know how the votes actually broke down, but I'm pretty sure we can figure it out. Four votes went on Ethan. That was Michelle, Ben, Jeremy, and Denise. The one vote for Parv was Adam. And then the three Adam votes were Ethan, Parvati, and Rob. So Jeremy, Michelle, Poland, Denise, and Ben – and they do a great job here by saying, look, we're going to weaken Rob by taking out Ethan, but we're going to undermine Adam and let Adam know, like, look, you're playing way too hard. And you're playing all sides. We're knocking you down a peg. So I think this was a good move by staying in the middle there. Yeah, and Adam is, I don't want to call him screwed because nobody's screwed in this game, but no. he pretty much has, he has a lot of people against him now because not only does, this is, a, this is a, a season of winners. Nobody wants one person taking complete control. Like, they can see right through that. So I think that they, 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 they don't yeah, they don't they don't want that in general. So I think that Adam which came on way too strong way too early here. And he's gonna have a hard time gaining back trust of these new school players, especially he had Denise right in his back pocket and Denise didn't even vote with him and left him yeah. out of the vote. So there's gonna be a lot of explaining to do on Adam's side. Plus he obviously has Robin Poverty against him as well. Yeah, I feel like this is like you said, you can't count anybody out. I don't think this means Adam is our next person out. I feel like that's kind of, again, too much of an easy move. I think this definitely knocks him down a peg. I think Denise pulls him aside and says, look, you weren't in on the vote because you were going too hard. Imagine if Parvati had an idol. You would have blown up our whole plan. I still want to work with you, but you have to dial it back a notch, and we have to be more calm about this. But I'm excited because this vote can go any way. We could see after this vote, Jeremy and Michelle pull back in Robin Parvati, and that's the new four-person alliance in the tribe. We could see Adam going to Robin Parvati and saying, look, they screwed me. Let's work together and take them out. So this vote was so great from Jeremy and Michelle, but it also break. It's kind of like when you're playing pool. You kind of like have the opening shots that break up the uh, the, the balls at the starts. Mm -hmm. After this vote, this this tribe, Sele, if they lose again, which I hope they don't, if Sally goes back to tribal, this vote could go anywhere. I think the only person that would be safe in this tribe, if they go back to tribal council, would be Michelle and Jeremy. I think anybody else is fair game to go home. So I think this is a great way to have better TV moving forward. Yeah, and I another thing I want to talk about is 
I don't know about you, but me and a lot of people expected, I expected it's like at this point with four people gone, I expected like the four people gone to be somewhat something close to like Rob, Kim, Tony, like all these great, great Sandra, Parvati. I expected all these great winners to go out early and these new school players who maybe don't get as much love as these old school players or even just the greater winners. I expected them to kind of take over and be like, all right, this is our game. We're going to take out the big threats. But to use another analogy, like you, you use the pool one, I almost feel like the, at least on a Celebrity tribe, it's almost like they view Robin Parvati as Thanos. And instead of just going for Thanos right away, they're taking away the little pieces of, of them first. And they're just yeah. trying to weaken, weaken, weaken and chip away before they actually make their big move. And I just think, We'll see how it ends up playing ends up playing out for them, but I think there is the part where people are thinking about shields going forward. But then you also, I think it'll be interesting to see because it's just only so long that you could leave these great players in the game. Now, now I want to see Boston Rob just snap his fingers and even out the uh, tribe divisions just to, to make everything balanced as it should be. But I mean, you're right though. I think that you think coming into the season that we're going to lose some big names early on. And I mean, look, you lost Natalie, who's a great player first, Amber going out next, Danny and Ethan. I didn't predict this boot order at all. I think I'm just more shocked that you're telling me at this point in the season, Parvati's only gotten two votes, one in two different tribals. Rob's gotten zero votes. Sandra's gotten zero votes. Tony, zero votes. Like, it's not even the fact that they haven't gotten home. It's the fact that they don't even have their name written down. That just blows my mind. And I think the question I want to ask you is like, do you think they don't go after Rob? Because they always say, oh, we got to weaken Rob. We got to weaken Rob. Let's take out Danny. Let's take out Ethan. Do you think they don't physically take out Rob because, A, they're actually afraid of him and they're afraid if they go after him and take him out, he'll come back from the edge of extinction and come back into the game? Or even if they go for a shot at him and they miss, then they're in trouble? Or do you think they actually want to like use him as a shield in a way? Like I, I feel like they're more afraid of him. I think that it's all a mixture of both because I think it depends on the player also. I think like a guy like Jeremy wants Robin as a shield for sure. Absolutely. But then, but then other like and then other people like Ben maybe is a little bit more afraid of afraid of Rob. Maybe a lot a few of the new schoolers they they're like they're afraid to go against Rob because if you take out poverty, I mean all hell is gonna break loose. Like it, it's just the truth, and I think that maybe you know being on a try with Rob and poverty is so. It's so it really is so intimidating if you haven't played with them. So I think that I think it's just it's really is all mixture both. And what these players have to be looking for as well is I think that we were talking about this before, but there's an inevitable tribe swap coming at some there point. Is. Yeah. Right. So we, we don't know when that was be would, would be. It could be possible. So right now there's 16 left. It could be possible that they have one more vote out and then they go three tribes of five. But. Like it's only so much. It's only so much so long that you could wait to get these players out because next thing you know, you win immunity next time, and then you have the tribe swap, and you don't have an opportunity to get these guys out. You, the fate of these players could rest in other people's hands. Yeah, and again, that's why we we love this game because there are so many explanations for why people do what they do. You're right. Like people could be afraid of Rob and poverty. They could be thinking of meat shields, but also if you think about it as well. They could be thinking of a swap. Adam and Denise here, could, or actually Adam is out of the vote. Denise and Ben could be saying here, like, look. We're going to vote someone out and we're down to 16. What if we do a tribe swap and then on the other tribe, we have Parvati and Rob mad at us. It's us two. And then it's four to call members. 
if they piss off Robin Parvati, Robin Parvati go to the call and say, let's just take out Ben and Denise. So I feel like they're thinking about the swap and they're incorporating that into their moves. Um, so I think that's a potential reason why they keep trying to, to like weaken Rob and not take out Rob. Because if you make Rob mad, he can easily just flip the script on you in a swap. Yeah, I don't see I don't see them not I don't see like them not swapping until emerge because that would be crazy in a game like this. Um, so I do think there's going to be a swap. Now the the thing is, are they going to swap into two tribes or are they swap into three tribes? How exactly is this swap going to work? I personally want to see three tribes just because I think it's. Oh, okay. I want to see three tribes just because I think it's easier when there's. Let's just say it was they went to three at fifteen and then they went down until there was eleven or twelve and then merged. Then I think it it's a little bit easier to see the dynamic on tribes of five compared to, I mean, especially like a tribe like the call where you have, we have no idea what's going on there pretty much right now, but I think it's just like, it was very easy with Sele where you have the old school, old school, new school. It's easy to figure out the alliances to call. You really have no idea what's going on. And that's partially because right now there's still so many people there. They still have nine people there. So I think that just the three tribes of five would be easy to figure out the whole dynamic and what's going on, if they were to merge, how the numbers would go. So I am rooting for that tribe swap of three going forward. See, I actually disagree. I actually want to see two tribes going forward just because I feel like in an hour episode, granted, if they had two hour episodes, it'd be a lot easier. But with one hour, it's just so hard to keep track of what's happening. If you squeeze a lot in, you take away more time from good storylines happening. And I feel like for the average viewer, I know we're not the average viewers, but for the casual viewers, they probably will lose track of who's on what tribe if there's three tribes to keep track of, then also Edge of Extinction as well. I think two tribes and you have eight each or even uh, seven each if we swap at 14. I think it's just easier to keep track of who's where and I feel like, you know, it's not as cluttered. The episodes will feel more natural. I, I've always preferred two tribes to three anyway, kind of like I've always preferred a final two over a final three. I just feel like in Survivor sometimes with how convoluted of a game it is to have just the dynamics be more simple sometimes makes it just easier to follow. Yeah, going forward, um, I just, I want to I wanna go and talk about what we think is going to happen going forward. Mm-hmm. Now, we were talking about this prior to us recording, but there are, there are some, like I, th- I think that there are some players that are in such great spots right now. We mentioned earlier that Tony's yeah. in a great spot. But that could change in a, literally a split second. I was almost positive that Ethan was going to make the merge based on the social media. Oh, I, I for sure thought that, yeah. And then next thing you know, they just decide, well, poverty's too big of a threat. Rob, we're just kind of afraid to go against him, so we're going to vote at Ethan because he's affiliated with them. This game could literally change in a split second, but I would like to try to get your predictions, even though it's very hard to predict, of what yeah. you think happens going forward. Maybe players that we haven't spoke about too much tonight that are in good positions. Yeah, I think it's a great question, Dylan. I think that in Survivor, you can't try to predict too much because the dynamics change day to day, episode to episode. I won't even mention the preview because we shouldn't read into that. But for all we know, next week, a huge, huge flip could happen and like you'll go home. God forbid. God forbid. But like you never know what's going to happen. So all we can do is look at this episode in a vacuum and say, you know, who like like a stock watch, like whose stock is up, whose stock is down like after this episode. I think you're right. Tony, I think his stock is up. He, you know, is a likable guy. He is seen as the, like the comic relief in the tribe. And he definitely does not have an idol because he hasn't gotten to look for one. So people like him and trust him. You know, Sophie and Yule and that 
Outsiders Alliance, definitely their stock is up. They are still in control of that tribe for now with Yule at the head of it. And then also on to call, I think that, you know, with her new advantage, Sarah's in a good spot. The only ones that are in danger still are Tyson and Kim, unless Tyson flips the script. And then if you go over to Sele, I think Adams took a major stock hit this week. I think Adam actually was in a great spot leading up to this episode. And then with how hard he went, I think he lost a lot of trust with his allies, especially Denise who really didn't want to have to vote against Adam, but probably felt like she had to. So Adam's stock took a hit. I feel like Parvi and Rob, I can't tell if they're up or down after this episode because they could be in a good spot if Michelle and Jeremy want to work with them. If they don't, then they're down. So I'm not sure yet. But then I also think that Denise is still in a good spot too. So that's like my overall quick like take on it. Yeah, I'll run I'll run through really quickly, yeah, everybody, like you did. So okay, we got – so I'll start with Sele since – you started with the call. So Sele. So I feel like obviously Jeremy and Michelle, huge stock up this episode. Absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. There. And I, th- I think nobody's going to notice that they were playing both sides because they didn't vote with the, they didn't vote with Robin Parvati. So I think that they have that connection. Um, Cause I don't think Robin Parvati, you're going to be too, too mad about Ethan going home. Um, obviously they're, they're going to be disappointed and mad that they were vote, but I think that that's salvageable for uh, Jeremy and Michelle to, to maybe to make up with them for that but so their their stock i gotta say going up um adam stock as you said going down i actually think um i think you know denise ben and who am i missing out in the new schoolers over here is that oh no that's that's all so that's it yeah yeah right so the new the new schoolers so denise and ben i i I don't really see i mean i think that if anything their stock probably took a hit just because they are aligned with adam but other than that i don't think they're in too much trouble and then to move to the other tribe, um, Sandra's name being thrown out, I think, you know, not great for her, but you you had to expect that it was going to happen at some point um, early. Um, Tyson, I think Tyson, I think Tyson, if there's any guy that could get a, a target off of him like that, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past Tyson to do it. So I think that he did a really good job of that. I think he's in this time that this tribe has had away from tribal council. I think that he's possibly making a ton of relationships to get that target off his back. Tony probably Tony and Sarah probably biggest stock up out of everybody on that tribe. Obviously, I know they got the most airtime, but they were great. And I think that we really haven't seen too much of that. Yule, uh, Sophie, Wendell, Nick kind of alliance the last few episodes. But so I'm going to leave their stock where it is. Um, yeah, and then I didn't enough. mention Kim, who I didn't mention Kim, who we pretty much haven't seen any of since the first step uh, since the second episode. So. Look, that's 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 my outlook right now. But at like we said, this could change at any minute. Yeah, I think that that's why we all really want to call to go to tribal council next because you basically have like in the first vote you have three main factions. You have the outsiders of the Yule, Wendell, Sophie, and Nick. Then you have the I forget the nickname they gave them, but they have like the rambunctious group of Sarah, Tony, and Sandra. And then you had the poker group of Amber, Tyson, and Kim. And we lose Amber. The biggest question now is that do we see next episode the outsiders, you know, pull in Kim and Tyson to take out Sandra or Tony? Or do we see the outsiders take Sandra and Tony and say, let's take out Tyson. He's a two threat. Or the third option is do we see the two other groups come together and say, look, we have five. Outsiders have four. Yule's running this tribe. Let's take one of them out. Like we could see any of that happen next week. Yeah, and also another thing I want to talk about going forward is just there are so many advantages in the game. I want to know 
when are people going to start realizing that there are all these advantages in the game? And when are people going to start realizing the stuff about the fire tokens, who has, who doesn't? Like, there's going to be a point where, like, a lot of it, a lot, the, I'm not going to say the information is going to be known, but, like, people are going to start to catch on to the trend. And I think that with so many advantages in the game, people are going to be possibly less hesitant to use advantages. So I think that going forward, maybe once we hit, fit, now we're going to hit 15 next week, but once, we, especially once we hit, around 13 12 merge area you're going to just see probably advantages being played every single week which is going to be crazy look i'm fine listen i'm fine if we get one advantage played every single week like if you're telling me from the final 13 to the final six every tribal will have one idol or like one vote steal i'm okay with that because i i like the excitement at tribal what i don't want is another advantage get in where we lose three i don't want another tribal where it's the final six and five people have idols, and then the one person without an idol is um, um, I'm like Tony, and Tony goes. Like I, I'm fine with we seeing advantages, like very few, like one per episode. But don't give me a tribal where there's like three or four, and it gets way too hectic. Yeah, yeah it, sh- it should definitely be interesting to see going forward. But um, just you know, we'll we'll ha- yeah, we'll have to see. It's uh, def- di- dynamics changing every single week. Um, we will be back to live tweeting next week. I know we took this week off um, due to conflict, but and then on Sunday we have another special guest, Dom from season thirty-six, Ghost Island. So it should be interesting to see his take on all this that's going on. Um, we'll have that up on Sunday night for everybody, and we'll let everybody know through social when that is out. But yeah, another great episode, and I'm looking forward to doing this on Sunday and next week. Absolutely. I'm again, winners at war three episodes in. I'm loving it. I think the fans are loving it. It's hard to see our favorites go home, but this is the, one of the greatest casts in history. And I'm so excited to talk to Dom. I think Dominic Abate is an amazing player. If anybody out there has any questions for Dominic, please let us know and we'll make sure to ask him on the uh, podcast. Yeah, of course. And if you could ask those questions at soul survivor pod on Twitter, and you could subscribe to us to us on YouTube uh, at soul survivor podcast. So and we had we had Elaine on from Islands of the Idols last week. If you want to go and watch that back, that was a great listen. Um, but yeah, feel free to reach out for us. Any questions? And looking forward to keeping this season going strong. Adios.